We welcome you today. So glad that you are here in the house of worshiping. If you're watching online, we say thank you for watching with us and joining us online. If you're ever in our area, please stop in. Be our guest. We would love to meet you. It's one thing to watch online, but it's on a whole nother level to be here in the house. Please come and be our guest. Today, we're going to continue in our series, Faith Walk. Today, how many know we walk by sight, right? No, no. As Christians, we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. It's so unnatural, though, isn't it? I, I want to see where I'm going. I want to see what's ahead. But when it comes to faith, faith requires me to see beyond what I can see naturally. I see that through the, all this trouble, I see that God is never leaving me. He is never forsaking me. I see that I'm going to be stronger now when I finished than when I started. I see now that I'm healed even though I'm sick. I see now that I'm being blessed even when I'm struggling. I see now that I see restoration even when there's turmoil. I see peace when I don't feel it. See, faith allows you to see things long before they happen because God promised they would happen in our life. When someone makes the statement, walking with God, what does that mean to you? Walking with God. It means simply this, that you invite him into your daily journey. God wants to walk with us. God longs to walk with us, but he must be invited in and he must be acknowledged that he is with us. Not only invited, but acknowledge that he is there. And when this happens, you begin to experience the benefits of a relationship of walking with God. In this kind of relationship, you experience love. You experience peace, joy, grace, forgiveness, compassion, mercy, assurance, security that he will never leave you nor forsake you. This kind of relationship, when you walk with God, it brings all those things back up and heightens them into our senses. We, we know that he's there and he's at work for me, that he's working for us. Listen, you may feel alone, but you don't have to be alone. You may feel lonely, but you don't have to be lonely. You don't have to parent alone. You don't have to navigate your relationships alone. You don't have to navigate your problems alone. God wants to walk with you, and he wants to be there with you. You don't have to do life alone. He never intended for us to do it alone. He said we come together, we pray one for another, we support each other, but he also said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He is there with us. So let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, where we started last week. As we get into the Hall of Famers here, they talk about some great people of the Old Testament who were Hall of Famers of faith, and they made it into this Hall of Fame chapter. Let's, let's read now what it says in, in verse 5. It was by what? Faith. Let's say it together. By faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Incredible story. He just disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. One more time. He was known as a person who pleased God. So we see faith pleases the Lord. Faith pleases God. And Enoch was a man of faith so much that it pleased God. Can you, can you understand this? That 
Can you imagine God being so pleased with somebody? He says, I don't even wait. I'm not even going to wait for you to die. I want you just to come and join me in heaven now. This is what literally happened. God was like, I'm not even going to wait. I'm going to bring you now. Man, we've been walking together. We've been talking together. We've been, we had this great relationship. And Enoch, I want you to, I just, I can't wait. Get on up here. Come on up and experience this. I want to show you all this. I've given you all the blessings here on earth. And I want you to see what was in store for everybody else. You're going to get it early. Come on up and spend some time. He brought him up right away to be right there with Jesus. Now, we don't see anything else like this happening in Scripture, but one other time. There was only one other person, the prophet Elijah, was the only person who did not die, that God sent the fiery, remember that, the chariot of fire to pick him up and carry him to heaven. These are the only two accounts we see in Scripture where God actually took somebody before they died here on earth and brought them straight to heaven. What an amazing testimony. I mean, I can imagine one day Enoch and Elijah are like, hey, how, how did it feel to die? I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, just, I just got a feeling they're going to have an inside joke and be high-fiving each other in heaven and like, look at these peasants right here. I just tell you, I don't know how it's going to happen, but what an amazing testimony that they pleased God so much. Elijah really pleased the Lord. And he did all these amazing miracles. And we see a lot of great stories about Elijah's life. But Enoch, obviously there must be a lot, right? Enoch must have like several books about him if he made it into the Hall of Fame. He didn't. Enoch really didn't, doesn't have a lot. Besides this verse, we only see one other account in Scripture that talks about Enoch. Let's go through this time. It's in Genesis 5, all the way back to the beginning. Genesis 5. Verses 22 and 24, talking about Enoch after he became the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years. That's a long time. And he had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. And then he was no more because God took him away. So this is all we get about Enoch, right here in the Hall of Fame. And if you read it, like, what, what did he do that was so great? What happened that made him worthy of the Hall of Fame entrance right here and mentioned again that God was so pleased? There was something about him. Enoch walked faithfully with God. I mean, this, this was a time when we didn't have all the teaching we have now. We didn't have all this. And Enoch decided on his own that he was going to walk with God. Enoch had developed a relationship. He lived 365 years. That's a long time. You may imagine God was like, dude, you ain't never going to die. Just come on up now. That must be why. He, dude, I'm tired. You've been, you've been alive 365. Get on up here now. You know, back in this time, remember now, this is a, a chron chronological account from Adam to Noah. So as you see all these big years of people living a long time, they actually did live hundreds of years before the flood. And after the flood, we see where God shortened that lifespan. And we see after the, the people born after the flood, most of them didn't live to be over 120 at the, at the, at the latest. So there's something that happened here. But early on, it was not uncommon for people to live several hundred years. 
So can you imagine uh, several hundred years he walked with God faithfully? So much that it pleased the Lord and God says, just, just come on up now. Just be a part. And now they even talk about him in the Hall of Fame of Faith. There was something different about Enoch. See, understanding this word, walk faithfully with God. He really did that. And this chapter is chronologically, chapter 5, it's all it's doing is just giving us a chronological account of the days from Adam up until Noah. And so it goes, this person was born, this person died. This person was born, this person died. This person was born, this person died. I mean, that's all it is. This person born. And then it gets to Enoch and it stops and it talks about Enoch. So even though this is small, it's pretty significant that it took up this much of the room. When you read the whole chapter, you realize nobody else is getting this kind of coverage. Nobody else was talked about. Everybody else was like, they're born, they die, they're born, they die. But Enoch, he got more than that. He got, hey, he lived the walk faithfully with God. God was pleased with him. God took him up to live with him. I mean, he got these words. And so it was more than just being born and then dying. There was something about his life, him walking faithfully, that really pleased the Lord. He wanted more. Up until this time, think about this phrase, walking with God. Nobody else had walked with God. We have to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden to find out in the very beginning that Adam and Eve, that God walked with them before sin came, before the fall of man, we see where God walked with them daily. Adam and Eve, he walked with them in the garden. He always intended to walk with his children. God always intended to walk with you and I. And so sin, they get cast out of the garden. They're no longer, they're hiding from God. Now they're not walking with God. But Enoch figured it out. Enoch figured out, you know what? I can walk. I can walk with God and I can talk with God. And God showed up and God walked and talked with him. And so what we got to understand is this. God always designed. God always meant to walk and talk with his children. This is just not for Adam and Eve before the fall. It wasn't just for Enoch or Noah, but it's for you and I today. God wants to walk with you. God wants to talk with you. You got to understand that. It's like the little boy who said, you know what? I know that, that God's name is Andy. How do you know his name is Andy? Because I heard my grandma. She said, Andy walks with me, Andy talks with me. <laughs> Does Andy walk with you today? And he, he wants to talk with you. He wants to walk with you. You got to understand that, believe that. Well, I'm not worthy. You're not worthy on your own. I'm not worthy on our own. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, my sins have been forgiven. My sins have been atoned for. And now I can go back and walk with God the way that he originally meant for it to happen. That we can now be reunited. The veil has been broken. We are allowed to walk in the presence of God. We are allowed to hear God. We're allowed to be with God. It's just, who is stopping you? You. What's stopping me? Me. Nothing else. What message do we, we get from this that you don't, listen, you don't have to just be born and die. When you read this, you don't have to just be born and die. Born and die. Listen, you can have something happen significant while you're here on earth. You're going to have a relationship now that's heaven on earth when you can learn to walk with the Lord. 
It can be very significant. It doesn't have to be they were just born and they died. No, God's got something more for you. We can live a different life than we're living right now. So how do we walk with God? If this is really true, well, let me give it to you. Number one, you got to listen and talk with God. Amazing, right? If I want to walk with God, I got to listen and talk with God. Sometimes my wife will come to me and be like, don't forget tonight, we got to meet so-and-so for dinner and do this and that. And I'm like, when did you make that up? When did you make that plan? She goes, I told you about this last week. And I know you didn't. She goes, yes, I did. You were sitting right there and you blah, 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 blah. And I told you all about it. And I don't remember a thing. You want to know why? Because I was not listening. Shocker, right? I've learned something. If I learn to listen, my life goes a lot better. Let me give you another nugget. Happy wife, happy life. Right, Tim? I know you're thinking that's someone. All right. And I, well, one of the ways is I make her happy is I actually listen to her. Because there may be a pop quiz later. <laughs> and I better get it right. You're right. I told her I wasn't listening. She goes, I told you. You ever had someone only communicate half the truth to you? You ever had somebody say, man, pray for me. I'm going through this. I, I got a meeting with this person or I got this interview coming up or I'm going to see the doctor. I'm going to go and they tell you this long story. You're like, I'm, I'm all in, man. I'm, yeah, I'm praying for you. I'm ready to help you. And then they never call you back and tell you what happened. Like, what happened? What did the doctor say? What did he say? What did she say? What happened? Did you get the job? Did you not get the job? What happened? Oh, yeah, that, that happened like two weeks ago. Everything's great. I'm like, you could have told me. I've been over here sweating it out, praying for you, trying to figure it out. You could have communicated that as well. So this is what I love about God. God doesn't just communicate half of the truth to us. He tells us the problem, but he also gives us the solution. He tells me about the problem of my sin, and then he tells me a way out, and then he provides a solution, a blessing that happens. So it's just not one-sided. It's just not half of the truth. It's the whole truth. God will communicate the whole truth to us, and he has. How does that happen? God communicates everything, and it's found in his word. Hebrews 4 says it like this. For the word of a God is what? Come on, I want you to say it as loud as you can. The word of God is? Alive. It's alive. Are you kidding me? The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest of two-edged swords, cutting between the soul and spirit, between the joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This is what happens. The word of God becomes alive. When you look at this, when you read God's word, it begins to read you. So true. I can't open up the word without it beginning to read me. I read that and go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I need, I need to change that. Oh, God, I need to trust you for that. Oh, yeah, God, I remember when you did that. When I read the word, it begins to read me. I don't know how to hear God. You, the beautiful thing is you don't have to hear it. You can read it. 
It's already there. Like it's already there. And when I read it, it begins to speak again to me. It begins to speak. There's not a time I've read through the Bible now for, for so many years, teaching hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of messages I've studied for and personal time studied. And every time I read the word, something new and fresh jumps off that I never saw before. It happens all the time. Why? Because the word is alive and powerful. It will continue to speak to me when I open up my eyes and ears to listen. This is how I hear God. The Bible is more than a great book of positive things. See, some people want to limit the Bible to now. It's, it's a positive book. There's some positive things, but we can, we can do what we want. We can take the parts we want and ignore the parts we don't like. And what I got to understand, all, the whole Bible is truth. And the whole Bible will speak, correct, and guide me. And it's the way that I build a firm foundation in my life. It's on the whole word of God. And at Destiny Church, we believe in the whole word of God. And on this word, we will stand and build our life and our family. Today, you understand, when I do this, I begin to hear God. It's alive. It will change my life. Listen, walk with the word and you will begin to walk with God. The scripture sees this. God says this, that the Bible is the living word of God. It's alive. It's the living word of God. So if the Bible is the living word, when I walk with the Bible, I'm walking with God. When I read the Bible, I'm seeing what he has to say. When I hear the Bible, I'm listening to what he has to say. And as it begins to hear that and see that, it begins to speak to me. Now I'm learning to hear what he says. And I'm learning, that, you know what? This is speaking to me still today. This is what I needed to read. This is what I needed to hear. It's alive. When I walk with the word, it will walk. I walk with God. The problem is this. I would guarantee you that 98% of the people in this room walk with the word every day. I do, Pastor? Yeah. Because on your phone, if you've got any kind of smartphone, Android or, God, God help you, or an iPhone, it comes already pre-downloaded with the YouVersion Bible app. It's freely given out. All you got to do is just open it up. It's right there. I don't have time. The Bible's with you 24-7. Because some of you never leave your phones more than two seconds. It's attached at your hip, in your palm, in your pocket, in your purse. It's somewhere. Some of you in your brassiere. I ain't saying nothing, but you got it with you all the time. I'm trying to hide the word in my heart. I don't think that's what he meant. You got to open it up. Open it up. This, this is so, I mean, there's never been a time in the history of mankind since the creation of man when it's been easier to have the word available to us. In a time where the word has been outlined in some countries and people give their life just to own a Bible, just to be able to read the Bible. People have given their life for the very thing we carry around for free on our phone. Open it up. I can sign up for the verse of the day. 
That means it will automatically text me the verse of the day. And all I got to do is read that text and meditate on it. And I'm at least getting one verse every day. I can sign up for beginning Christ, uh, devotions. And I can sign up for those who want more advanced. I can sign up for different scriptures on different subjects I'm going through. It's all there. If I don't want to read it, I can pull up the text and push the button that says, read it to me. I mean, I mean, we are really, it's really, I mean, you can't, there's nothing else besides having somebody walking around with you 24-7, holding your phone for you, letting it play. It can be any other easier than what it's ever been in the history of time to walk with the word. It's right there. But do we use it? Nah, we don't. Come on, let's be honest. We don't, we don't use it enough. We don't read it enough. But yet God wants us to learn to walk with him. God wants us to learn to talk with him. And we don't, we don't listen. See, see, walking with God means I read what he has to say and then I listen to what he's telling me. Then we have to learn to communicate. I, I listen, I read and listen, and then I communicate to God. We call it prayer. And the problem is this, when I say the word prayer, if I tell you, talk to your neighbor, you can, you can talk to your neighbor all day. I say, well, you got to pray to God. I can't, I don't know what to say to God. I don't know how to pray to God. Sometimes I get it. it people have made it weird. And so it can seem like it, it can something that's maybe for spiritual elite people. But that's just the enemy trying to confuse your mind. I'm telling you, the Bible is very clear that we just simply open up our heart and talk to God. That's prayer, talking to God, what we're going through. I've been in, and I was raised, you know, it was always a competition. You have, I've been in those prayer circles. Ever been around that prayer circle? Someone prays, and the next person, like, God bless you. Next person, God bless you. Next person, God, we're calling down the fire of heaven. The next person, God, all these heathens. I mean, everybody tries to outpray the next person. Then it becomes a prayer competition about who prayed the most. And, that, and then we have people wondering, one, I, I can't pray. Man, I can't pray. I can't pray. Yeah, you can. You're just making it more difficult than what it needs to be. So let me give you something. This has been around for years. It's a great way to start if you don't really know where to start on how to talk to God daily. It's called prayer. Use the Acts way. We call it the Acts. Very easy to remember. The book of the Bible, the Acts. And this is just an acronym for you to use. A stands for adore. C stands for confess. T is for thanks. And C, S for supply. Acts. So I adore him. I start off, God, I adore you for who you are. Just tell him, God, I adore you. God, you are so wonderful. God, thank you for being so great. Thank you for being so powerful in my life. Thank you for all the amazing things. God, I thank you, God. And I just give you all the adoration goes to you. All the praise goes to you. And then I confess. God, I confess right now. This is where I'm weak. God, this is where I have pain. God, this is where I'm struggling. God, this is where I'm messing up in my life. God, this is where I really need your help. And then we, we stop and we give thanks. God, I thank you that on my worst days, your, your grace covers me. God, I thank you that when I didn't think I would get through the hard season, I got through the hard season. God, I thank you when I didn't see an end to my means, my pain. God, you dried up my tears. God, you healed up my body. God, you restored my marriage. God, you restored my children. God, you restored my finances. God, you got me out of that despair. God, you got me through that hard season. And so we just give God thanks. Give me the thank him, thank him, thank him. And then then you say, God, this is what I need this week. This is what's going on. 
well. This is what my family's going through. This is what I'm going through. And God, I believe you shall supply all my needs according to the riches in heaven. God, I can call upon you. It's a very easy way to pray through and know how to enter into prayer. Very easy to follow that. And number two, keep in step. Keep in step with God's spirit. Learn to stay in step. Galatians 5.25 says it like this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us, say it together, keep in step with the Spirit. We are to live by the Spirit and we are to keep in step with the Spirit. Have you ever tried to keep in step with somebody? Sometimes we think of that, I'm like, man, I, I think of military things, you know, I'm like, hut, hut, like, I'm not going to do that, I'm not really good at that right now, I take some training. But I also think about it this way, that if you've ever been hired at a new job, and they bring somebody out and said, listen, today you're going to keep in step with them, you're going to shadow them, what they do, you do, what they, if they, they work, you work, if they pick something up, you pick something up, if they clean up, you clean up, if they take a break, you take a break. If they go over here, you go over there. I want you to shadow them all day long, learning what you need to do, how to work this job. That's how many times people are trained is by keeping in step with somebody who's already doing the job. So I want you to think about that. We're called to keep in step with the Spirit. I'm called to watch how the Spirit operates. I'm called to do what the Spirit is already doing. I'm called to listen to the Spirit. What's it mean? Can I do this? Yes, you can. We have to walk and listen. How do I know when it's the Holy Spirit, Pastor, and not my flesh? That's always the million-dollar question. Because people want to hear God. They want to hear the Spirit talking. But how do I know when it's the Spirit and it's just not my mind paying tricks on me? Well, here's a good way to gauge it. Think about it. Is the enemy... Are you, your flesh, going to tell you to be nice to somebody? Is the, your flesh going to tell you to give away something of yours to somebody else? Is your flesh going to tell you to buy that person's groceries? Is your flesh going to tell you to pray for somebody in the middle of the store? Is your flesh going to tell you to sit with that coworker that nobody else likes? Is your flesh going to tell you to apologize even when you're not wrong? Is your flesh going to tell you to bite your tongue when you really want to say what you're thinking? No, my flesh wants to do the opposite of all those things. Only, only the Spirit's going to ask me to do those things. And so, listen, if my flesh tells me to do something kind and I do it, God's going to bless me anyway, all right? That's how it works. But don't overthink it. The, the Holy Spirit is going to be the thing that begins to drive me. It says, stop doing this. Start doing this. Look for this. Help this. Be a better person at this. The Holy Spirit will keep in step with you as you keep in step with him. It's so important. The enemy's not going to ask you to do things. I don't know if, if I was supposed to do that or not. It was, wasn't your flesh, I'm telling you. That was the Spirit leading you to make those positive changes in your life. Galatians 5, and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Man. And it also produces patience, kindness, and goodness. 
produces faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Could it be that we see this right here? Love, joy, and peace. That's, that deals with how we feel. That when I keep in step with the Spirit, I'm going to feel love, joy, and peace. When I keep in step with the Spirit, it's going to affect how I interact with others. Patience, kindness, goodness. It's just going to keep in step with the Spirit. I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to show more kindness. I'm going to be a, be a person who's just a good person. And when I keep in step with the Spirit, it helps me have how I deal with myself as well. I become more faithful. I become more gentle. I have more self-control. We see something happening here. It deals with how I deal with myself. And so when I keep in step with the Spirit, it affects how I feel. It affects how I deal with everybody else. And it affects how I even deal with myself. This is how it works. Keeping in step with the Spirit. Keeping in step with the Spirit. How many people are looking for these things? These top three things. Love, joy, and peace. How many people spend all their life looking for true love, true peace, and true, uh, there, true joy in their life? They try it through different relationships. They try it through addiction. They think they can buy this and it will bring happiness. If I can just achieve this, it will bring joy. And all those things will leave you feeling empty if you're not keeping in step with the Spirit. The only way to have these kind of things that will sustain is through keeping in step with the Spirit. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we've got to learn to keep in step with the Spirit. For those that are super spiritual today, let me tell you this. I don't care how long you can speak in tongues in the Holy Spirit. If you can't walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that means nothing. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. And so, listen, let's quit trying to put, keep it in step with the Spirit, something way out there, and putting it to a few gifts when, no, keeping in step with the Spirit is learning to walk in the Spirit every day of my life and letting the fruit of the Spirit come alive. And if that's happening, the gifts of the Spirit will follow. And they will change people's lives. And they'll be done in healthy ways. And they'll be done in a way you don't have to be afraid. Listen, I want you to know today, God wants us to keep in step with the Spirit. Everybody's trying to achieve these things. As we get ready to close, Today, I remember when our kids were young and when we had the twins, when Hallie and Hayden were born, we already had a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and then we had an eight, nine-year-old. She seemed really grown <laughs> compared to these young kids. And when we had to go somewhere and walk around somewhere, we had strollers with the twins in them. And so the two-year-old and four-year-old, they didn't get the stroller. You got to grow up. Sorry. Hit the road, Jack. Get a walk. <laughs> and they want to go somewhere, you know, and I'm thinking, this isn't going to end well. Because <laughs> we're going to, they want to go to this amusement park. They want to go walk this. They want to go do this. But I know what's going to happen. We're going to get going and about 20% along the way. They're going to be, Dad, I can't walk. Two, especially the two-year-old and four-year-old. So you know what happened? I get down on my knees. They kept me on my knees a long time. 
And I'd put them on my shoulder. And I'd pick them up. And I'd walk the rest of the way. When they couldn't walk, I carried them on my shoulders. And when we got done, they were like, oh, Dad, we walked a long ways, didn't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. We sure did. But this is the way it is to keeping step with the Spirit. When we keep in step with the Spirit, it doesn't mean I actually walked all that way. Sometimes the Spirit has to carry me. Sometimes the Spirit's dragging me. Sometimes the Spirit's put me on his shoulders. Sometimes he puts me in his arms. And when life gets really hard and I don't feel like I can walk, along, walk it anymore, that's when the Spirit just says, ah, I'm with you. I'm keeping a step. Come on, buddy. I got you. He picks me up and he carries me through the hardest seasons of my life. I'm keeping in step. Today, you got to make a choice. When you walk tomorrow, when you walk out the rest of this week, we can walk in our pain or we can walk with our healer. We can walk in our guilt or we can walk with our Savior. We can walk in our bitterness or we can walk with the one who brings forgiveness. We can walk in our defeat or we can walk with the victor. We can walk in our weakness or we can walk with the one who is strong. We can walk in confusion, or we can walk with the all-knowing one. We can walk with our head down, or we can walk with our head up. We can walk in the darkness, or we can walk in the light. We can walk in despair, or we can walk in hope. Today, it's up to you. Where do you want to walk? I want to walk on all those things. You can. When we learn to walk in step, with the Spirit. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word, which challenges to walk by faith and not by sight. Teach us what it truly means, Father, to walk in step with your Spirit. Forgive us for not listening. Forgive us for not reading. Forgive us for not opening it up and, and looking at it daily. Teach us to hear your voice communicate with you through prayer to listen with every head bowed I just want to ask you this question if you're here today say pastor I need to surrender my life to Jesus I've never I've never prayed the prayer asking God to be my Lord and Savior in my life the Bible's very clear that the start of our salvation comes through believing that Jesus died on the cross that he was God's only son the Messiah that he came to to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And on the third day, he was resurrected. And today, do you, do you believe in that? Have you ever surrendered your life to Jesus? If you haven't, that's, that's where the journey starts. Walking with him starts right there. That's the beginning point. I won't do anything to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. But if you're here today with no one looking but me, and you're ready to say, Pastor, I'm ready to give Jesus my life. I'm ready to surrender my life. I've never done that before. Today, I'm ready. Can you just raise your hand where I can see it and tell me that's you and I'm ready to do that? Thank you. Anybody else? Lift it up for me to see. Thank you. I see his hands. Thank you. Thank you. If you raise your hand, I want you to say this prayer out loud with me. As Christians around you, we'll help you along as well. We'll say it with you. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we say, 
welcome to the family of God.